This is the Who's to Say podcast with your struggle bus captain, Grant Sheffield. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. This is Grant Sheffield of the Who's to Say podcast. Today's episode, we're going to talk about the season opener. I went to the Hornets and the Hawks, Eminem, of course, the North Carolina State Fair, and my first time at Comic-Con. Make sure you stay tuned. So, welcome to the podcast. I uh, start with this. It's been, a, it's been a good week. It's been a solid week this week. I um, slept a lot this week. Typically, I'm a horrible sleeper. I sleep less than six hours every single night for whatever reason. But this week, I've been having some solid sleep. Like, every single night, been getting decent amount of sleep. Wake up, not feeling tired. So, that's great. I was telling my friend about it. She was asking if there was anything different I've been doing. I don't feel like it is. For whatever reason, it's something might have clicked or maybe something broken. And for whatever reason, I've been sleeping better. I've been in, like, pretty good moods all week long. So, that's been a good thing for sure. Um... Went to the Hornets and Hawks season opener about a week or so ago in Charlotte. Wasn't the best game, not going to lie. I, um, I'm a big fan of NBA basketball, regardless of like all the quote-unquote super teams. Like what's happening in Cleveland and OKC and Golden State and the many super teams, as I call them, in Boston. Uh, that sucks that Gordon Hayer went out with that bad bad injury especially on like the season opener so that definitely sucks for that dude he's a great basketball player um but back to the hornets and hawks game like i was just there in the stadium and the stadium was pretty packed i think people were into it um what was weird i would say is i was hanging out and this guy beside me like i think the i think the hornets were down by like maybe two or three points the guy beside me goes hey man what are we gonna do when we play okc which, I mean, it's a season open. You can't really tell how good or bad your team is going to be in the first game. Um, I think the Hornets are they're a decent team. It's just like there are no stars. Like Kimball Walker, he's a great player for what he is. But I was sitting there watching again. I was like, where's the part where I feel like it's worth the 50 bucks I spent? Like Dwight Howard's on the Hornets team um, for years upon years. He was like a great center. That was, of course, terrible at free throws. And then he just stopped caring about basketball, it seemed like. like I remember last last week when I was watching him play, he was running down the court on a fast break. And it's like he didn't even want the ball. I remember at one point he was running down the court, and it was on a fast break. And he turned his head for like maybe five milliseconds and then just kept running like he didn't even want to be there. Of course, for him, it's kind of like collecting a check at this point in his career because the idea of him winning a championship would have only happened in L.A. when he was at Kobe, but he messed it up too. The best chance he had of winning a national championship definitely was with Kobe Bryant. Um, a lot of people call Dwight Howard a bum. I won't go as far as say he's a bum. I think he's one of those guys, like, I think he has a good heart, and he means well, but I think uh, whatever happened in the last four or five years injuries-wise has really affected his concentration on the game. Not that I'm a sports commentator because I know nothing as far as like how all that stuff works because I'm not an athlete at all. Um, NBA season overall has been 
whatever. You don't really watch the first 40 games because it doesn't matter. Um, it's October, so I'm thinking around Christmas time. Those Christmas matchups are always good. It's always like uh, the Lakers versus the Cavs or whoever made it to the conference finals of the year before. That's who's always going to be in those games around Christmas time. So those are the ones to watch. Um, <clears throat> Michael Jordan was at the game. He's there every game, so it's not like a big deal. But what I found interesting was there was a moment where the Hornets are playing so badly <laughs> that Michael Jordan put his hand over his face and just like just did that thing that only your dad does when you really messed up. Like Michael Jordan kind of looked like every single one of his like championship rings just caught on fire while he was watching the Hornets like just completely fall apart. I mean, they won the game, but they were playing the Hawks. And I don't know one person on the Hawks team. But yeah, it was good to see Michael Jordan there. That was cool. I think Ahmad Rashad, of all people, was there. A lot of people probably don't know who Ahmad Rashad is, but he used to like be an important commentator. I don't know what he does now, other than be um, Claire Huxtable's ex-husband. So yeah, I guess that's the situation with that, because I don't think they're married anymore. Um, Eminem dropped a diss track to Donald Trump. A lot of people went crazy over it. A lot of people were saying like Eminem is back. I uh, didn't feel like it was good. Like the content was good, but as far as like it being a great rap, like freestyle track, I thought it was like okay. Like Eminem was in my top five, so that says a lot that I'm saying that. But I just feel like it was better as like a spoken word type of genre versus like rap. And I'm sitting there, I'm watching it. I was like, okay, well, here's Eminem, a classic Eminem style. He's in a hoodie, in a parking lot, rapping in front of a bunch of black dudes. Uh, of course, that's an Eminem type deal. And it wasn't great. The message was perfect. But other than that, I was like, well, you know, it's all good. Um, I would probably say that my top five for rap would be tied at number one. I hate to say the ties because everybody has the same tie a lot of times. Mine is going to be Tupac and Biggest tie for number one. And then for three, I'll probably go Eminem. And then for four, I'm going to go with Nas, Five, Jay-Z. But those can be interchanged. Um, I would probably say that the reason why Nas is at four because his, I guess his consciousness was great throughout his career as opposed to Jay-Z's longevity. That's the only reason I would put Jay-Z four if I was going to put him four would just be because he was able to be in the game for so long, even though his style completely... I feel like Jay-Z probably did better at adjusting than Nas did. And of course, Nas is like doing whiskey commercials or whatever, but I mean, that's fine. You got to do whatever it takes to pay the rent. I'm with that. I uh, like I said, we're talking about Eminem and top five stuff like that, and uh, he was kind of talking about Trump, which, as a lot of stuff people are saying like about Donald Trump, a lot of people are upset, and rightfully so. Some stuff is said is like definitely terrible, and I feel like for me, there are a lot of things that he says it doesn't really bother me because I'm not surprised. I guess the thing for a lot of people, they find it very surprise, surprising that he's 
blatantly as disrespectful as he is to like certain races or whatever the minorities might be. It's not surprising because if you've ever read anything or seen anything with Donald Trump's name on it, he kind of was saying this for the last 30, 35 years. This was no big surprise. So it's like, yeah, he said exactly what we thought he would say. It's just like that old Dennis uh, Smith uh, thing or whatever, Dennis, whatever, the coach from Kansas City. Like, they are who we thought we they were. It's exactly the same. Um, if he was to say something nice about a minority, then that would be shocking. I would probably go, like, go crazy just running outside like, yeah, he said something good about somebody that wasn't exactly like him. Um, but I don't really care about politics. I got my own stuff going on. The uh, North Carolina State Fair was recent. They had a uh, 150 day because it was like the 150th anniversary. So it was $1.50 to get in, which is a pretty big deal. So like a lot of people, of course, were there on that first day just because it's $1.50. Everybody has two bucks to spare. I didn't go to the State Fair this year. I went last year. I've gone to last two or three years, and I would say that it was um it was it was weird not going because like I'm gonna get my deep fry this, my deep fry that, but it wasn't a necessity. Not mention like apparently there was another thing that happened like race related. I guess they were hang hanging out the uh, Confederate flag stickers. That was something I saw. Wasn't really again wasn't surprising i mean it would be a bigger surprise if i lived like up north and i saw like a confederacy flag thing being handled like oh i wasn't expecting that at all but i live in a state where like the confederacy is very much like a part of the quote-unquote heritage so it wasn't a big deal for me on a lighter note i did go and see uh D. Ray Davis this weekend at my home club at Good Nights Comedy Club. That was an amazing show. I I think it's interesting that like the type of energy that like certain comics bring into a room. Like even the people who opened up for him, they like brought a different energy than I see there typically. If I go to like weekend shows to check it out, um, I sat in the front, which I hate to do because most comics in general rather sit in the back and kind of like watch and take notes and stuff like that but I was sitting up pretty close and I was really I was watching what was going on stage don't get me wrong but I was definitely uh keeping in mind like how the audience was reacting and the best part of the night probably D-Ray did some joke about like some girl something about like pretty girls having the most messed up cars or something like that and there was this girl like she was laughing so hard. She got up out of her chair, turned her back towards D-Ray, and was laughing to her friend. And, like, I had a show the same night. Um, and I was like, oh, I had a pretty good set. When I saw that, I literally said to myself, I can't wait to get to the next open mic. Because I wasn't even close. Not even close to that. I think the most I've done is I think one chick fell off her chair. I did one joke. But they've never done that before. Like, there were people in there, like, dancing and singing. Um, it was kind of like whenever uh, the movie, what is it, with, like, uh, 
NWA. When the NWA movie came out, it's kind of like the same feeling you might have seen in the movie theaters where like you see people dancing and singing and stuff like that. Just like the Tupac movie when it came out. I saw a lot of that as well. Like everybody all came together like around like jokes and like everybody was having a great time. And I was like, I need to write some new bits. These old bits aren't going to work. But yeah, it was it was cool to see him live. I mean, I think whenever I first was interested in even starting stand-up, I watched the Power Play um, special. I think it was on Netflix back then. This was like maybe 2011. And that special, I remember I was talking to my brother uh, about it and how great it was. And then um, I saw him over the weekend. I was like, yo. This is definitely like one of the best live comedy shows I've ever seen. And I go to a decent amount of comedy shows. Um, if you if you do stand-up, a lot of times you get those shows for free. For this show, I didn't mind paying the 30 bucks or whatever it was for it. Because, I mean, it's like a special event. You're not going to see him like every other weekend. It's not like he's coming like more than once a year. Some comics, for instance, you might see two or three times a year. They might pop in to this part of town or that part of town to do shows. But... He rarely comes. So I'm sitting there watching people. And um, there was was people in there who were very confused. Like it was mainly a black audience. I remember seeing this this old white lady. Like maybe she was in her mid-50s, maybe early 60s. Like every time when the comics used the N-word, you could just tell that she was so uncomfortable like it was hilarious to me because like i was just watching this lady like trying her best to be like everybody's like middle school teacher like don't use that word type of look she had that look the whole time the n-word was used and it wasn't a big deal it just wasn't um i remember what else was good during the show the servers were good. Servers always take care of me whenever I go there. They're real cool folks or whatever. Um, I think that the the host, she was really funny. Uh, the feature, he was great as well. Um, D-Ray did a lot of jokes that kind of made me like think like, oh, maybe my jokes aren't the most uh, conscious jokes. Not that every joke has to be like super conscious, but of course like, you do want it to have like a level of thought behind it. Not that like I have dumb jokes because I have plenty of dumb jokes, but they come from like a real place, I guess. Um, a lot of his jokes were like on real life stuff, which of course those make the best jokes. Um, one of my friends was asking, he was like, was that show better than when you saw Hannibal and Godfrey? To which I responded, that's not fair because I kind of saw them at, different parts of like me doing stand-up like when I saw Godfrey I saw him like when I was maybe six to ten months in which doesn't take anywhere from Godfrey's show that was an amazing show uh that show pretty much for five minutes he specifically made sure that the crowd was in like a certain mood like he kind of brought the room down a little bit and in the turn of like maybe three seconds it was one line everybody in the room roared and he was doing like a five minute build up which is 
a loan built up by most accounts, immediately, as soon as he dropped the line, it changed the whole room. And I had never seen anything like that before, like live. So that was amazing. And then I saw Hannibal about five or six months back. Um, so he was he was great. It was in a super packed room in Durham. Um, pretty much everybody was... First, it was people were sitting Indian style. And then everybody, the venue was like, yeah, y'all got to stand up. So people were standing up. And I was sitting like on a, like a little bench inside. So I ended up having to stand up for most of the show. Uh, his show was... Awesome, just because he used uh, a lot of the like video and all that stuff. He had DJ Tony Trim, who's amazing, of course. Um, of course, his jokes were real strong. His anecdotes about like what it's like as a working comic that was uh, very inspiring to me. Like just listen to somebody telling like what it's like to go run do these shows and not really what the process is, but like the things you kind of run into like on the road and coming back to this place and that place and the cool stuff you get to do. Cause I think he was here for, uh, the Moog Fest in Durham. So that was pretty cool. Um, and then what else? D-Ray. D-Ray, of course, is a Chicago comic. Um, Hannibal, Chicago comic. Um, so I thought it was kind of interesting that I've seen both of them in the same year. And they kind of, I'm not going to say kind of came up the same way, but they've, of course, like been to the same clubs and know all the same people. So those are two solid comics, two great comics, rock star comics, if you will. Um, I would say that I definitely enjoyed that show. And if you ever get a chance to go see like a professional comedian, definitely go. But also support, support like local comics because like, the people who are professional comics right now, at some point, were local comics. And I know, I know it's not easy to go to an open mic. Open mic, anybody can sign up. Joe Blow the Bum down the road can sign up for an open mic. But in every open mic, there should be at least, at least five guys that you're like, all right, this guy's funny. There should at least be like five guys. Uh, of course, you would like to be more but it's, it is free, which sucks. A lot of times people are like, well, it's free. I'm not going to that, which I get. Um, the showcases, try to support those. I would say mainly because like people don't know how close like their favorite local comic is from not doing comedy anymore. And I feel like most comics that I know are like two bad jokes or two bad sets or two less than 10 audiences away from quitting comedy entirely. Now, I could be wrong, but that's just what I've seen. Like some of my favorite comics that I've seen have like quit comedy because it's like, yeah, what's the end game? And I guess for me, it's not about the end game, it's the process. Like I enjoy like writing these jokes, going through the motions. Even if the joke doesn't necessarily hit, I'm gonna do these jokes. I'm going to try it a thousand times to the same 20 comics who are at every single open mic until it's great. And then we do the showcase and we act like we never did this open mic. And that's going to be fine. That's the game. You just chalk it up to the game. You just got to do what you got to do to get to the next level. Um, a lot of my favorite comics in this area, uh, 
they have such great jokes. I just want them to write new jokes. I understand if you have 20, 30 minutes, an hour. I just want to hear this new stuff. What do you think about this year? Not what do you think about five years ago? Because you're still funny. You just don't feel like you want to write anything because you got so much time. And I get that. I don't have that much time, so I can't speak from that perspective. But I just want to hear like new stuff. And it was a, it was a breath of fresh air to like hear D-Ray just smash the crowd. Like he assassinated everybody in the room. And I can only like describe it in those destructible terms. He assassinated the room. So this is going to be the last topic. Run out of gas. I uh, I did Comic-Con. I went to Comic-Con. My One of our friends who is a member of the Super Nintendo comedy troupe, he, um, he hits me up. He asked me if I want to do a show at Comic-Con. Of course, I've been a nerd forever, so that's right in my alley. I did, uh, I learned something. I'm not as far on the nerd spectrum as I thought I was. Like, I'm heavy into, like, Dragon Ball Z, and at one time I was big into, like, Pokemon. Like, I still watch Dragon Ball Z, like, right now. But there are people who are way further. Like, I will go and be there and see, like, the characters. Because, like, there was people who was, like, uh, the person who was the voice of Trunks and Frieza and Goku or, all those people, they were there at Comic-Con. That was awesome. And then, my buddy Tyler, he was like, yeah, but you got to pay for it if you want to talk to them. And I was like, nah. Like, I'd much rather just look at you for free than go and talk to you. Because, like, I could just go home and watch Dragon Ball Z and hear your voice and just think about your face. That saves me a lot of money. You got to be smart. doing the show the show i think is like at four o'clock so i'm just walking around and what was what was funny is the show is in the same building that i graduated college from so they were like oh and this is where the bathroom was like i know this place all too all too well like, oh really i was like yeah let's just let's see if we can focus on these jokes though so you go into the room um pretty decent crowd i heard this night the day before, the crowd was like humongous. Not that it was a bad crowd when I was there because I was going to do the show regardless. I had nothing to do. Um, Sunday show during the day. So you never know what you're going to get. So went to the show and um, I was doing some jokes. I did like, I was like doing this racial joke and I look out in the crowd and who else but Pikachu, black Pikachu, if you will is sitting in the front row and like he laughed at the joke and I was kind of relieved but I was also wondering like is he laughing at his joke as Pikachu or is he laughing as like a black dude because I really don't feel like Pikachu would be so much like keen on like uh, being woke per se which is a very overused phrase in 2017 I don't think everybody's woke as they say they are like can you be observant but not quite woke I think that's probably where I am, where I know bad stuff is happening, but I'm not going to be all over Facebook and social media trying to prove it, you know? Um, also at Comic-Con, there was, it was somebody recording the whole time, like this girl and her friend, they were like just recording like on, I guess Snapchat or something like the whole time we were up there. I think everybody did 
seven to ten minutes apiece, she was recording everything. Not that it matters, because, like, she didn't probably didn't remember our names. Not that it mattered, but that's just kind of annoying seeing someone with their phone out while you're, like, on stage, like, the whole time. Saw some pretty good costumes. The best one, I, the best cosplayer I saw was this guy was dressed up as, like, Groot. And it's probably all of maybe six three six four so he had it down like he definitely probably won the costume competition because they had one of those like i think once during the weekend i could be wrong um what else was cool i saw uh saw this girl that i went to undergrad with there and she was like dressed up and it was kind of like a weird thing where it's not where you don't know if you speak at this thing, because like you weren't close in college, but you know that you know this person type deal, so I was, I was kind of like threw her the two fingers, and she kind of gave me a head nod, and I was like, and that's my cue. So I just kept walking or whatever. Um, there was um, what else happened at Comic Con? Of course, you know it was kids there or whatever, and um, the show pretty much had to be clean. So that was that was fine. It didn't matter anyways. Most of my material was clean. Um, I would say I, that was probably the most fun I'd had in a while, like at a show, just because I had no clue what to expect. Like, it's the middle of the day, and, you know, there are kids who are like maybe 13, 14. There are also people who are 40 in the crowd. So it was kind of fun to kind of navigate through my material like I was on stage typically I don't like think about what jokes I'm doing next in my head but like if you got a 13 year old sitting on one aisle then you got like a 45 year old you might not do that new hot bit about weed or whatever it is um, just because you kind of want everybody to be able to get something out of it um, overall it was a great show um, turnout was good for Comic Con I was told that that was quote unquote one of the good Comic Cons compared to others. I guess there's a good and a bad. I don't know. It was the first one I ever been to. Kind of feel like I, sh I should have been to one before though. Like I got some pretty nerdy friends. I think it should have came up in conversation like, hey, we should go to Comic Con, and we just missed the whole boat on being amongst you know our own people, if you will. Um, I didn't have like any cosplay stuff or anything. I did have this like pretty solid. Hey Arnold shirt, which got a lot of a cool shirt, man. Got a good amount of those, so I felt pretty, pretty happy about that. I mean, you know, you get what you can as far as these compliments go. Um, let's see. I would say that uh, as far as going to Fayetteville and doing the time or whatever on stage, um, it was good to do like a Sunday show because I haven't done like a Sunday show and probably like more than like a year and a half or maybe two years, like a day show, just cause it's one thing we do to me. It's one thing we do stand up at night and it's another thing we're doing stand up in the middle of the day because people can get out of your show and they can go do something else. If you're doing a night show, when people leave your show, more than likely they're going home. So these people, well, I'm, I'm not gonna say people because they're like teenagers. They would they got out of the show and they went and sat in the hallway and like played video games 
which I mean they probably had it planned the whole time, and I get that too. I mean I'm not I'm not mad at them. Um, let's see what else kind of sticks out about Comic Con. They had like concession stands. You got to feed people, I guess. So that's a thing. Um, I don't feel like I really met anybody who I was like starstruck by. Lufa Rigna was there, so if you want to see like the old Hulk, I know people are probably going crazy with me saying the old Hulk, but if you want to see like Lufa Rigna, um, I feel like for me he he kind of more relates to like King of Queens for me that show than like the Hulk. Like he was there or whatever, and I kind of saw him like sign autographs. So I was like, ah, that's old Lou from King of Queens. He's having antics with. Kevin James and such like that's kind of how I relate to him just because like that's kind of out of my era as far as like what I watch I guess Mark Ruffalo would be somebody like oh Mark Ruffalo's here that's pretty tight but I think Mark Ruffalo would be more like LA Comic Con not Fayetteville Comic Con um the Power Rangers were there always good to see the classics see those early 90s uh actors and actresses who you can't talk to because it costs too much um, I was a fan. I saw, uh, I think the Green Ranger was there, Pink Ranger was there, Red Ranger. I don't know what's happened with his life. I know he was going through tough times, or either he passed away. One of those dudes died a number of years ago. So yeah, um, so that was cool. Not the death part, just seeing the Power Rangers. Um. Think that for the most part, um, it seemed like everybody who was there had been there for the whole weekend. So I just came into like one day. It wasn't like a thing where I was supposed to be there the whole time. So that was pretty cool to just kind of drop in and like see what Comic Con all that stuff is about. Because you gotta have like different experiences in life. You can't just keep doing the same stuff all the time. And I feel like I kind of run into that a lot. Where it's like I'm gonna go to work. I'm going to do my jokes, and I'm going to go home. So that's why I like went to the Hornets game. I was like, let me go do something that's not comedy, something that's not work. And I was just like completely immersed in doing something that I don't always do. Because I hadn't been to like a Hornets game in like five or six years. So I was like, let's do something different. Let's see if we can kind of like push the envelope. Not that's racy going to a basketball game, um, but let's see if we can do something that's a little bit different. And... Um, Hopefully that's what this podcast is. Hopefully the podcast is just something a little bit different. Um, and you guys make sure you check out the podcast. It's going to be on my website on GrantSheffieldComedy.com. It'll probably be on my Facebook, but uh, I got to create that and stuff. But of course you can follow me on like social media, like on the Instagrams and the Snaps and the Twitters and all the things you guys do in your new doodads. And yeah, later. Thanks for listening. Make sure to share and subscribe to the podcast. Want more? Look Grant up online at grantsheffieldcomedy.com.